Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, 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 welcome back to another great show. How's everybody doing? It's great to have you here. Thanks for being here with me. I love it when you're here with me. Thanks for tuning in again this week. And now let's listen to that band. Ah, yeah. Fantastic. I love them. They get better every week. I swear they do. This week's band is Chips and Cigarettes. Huh? I know, it's an unlikely combo. It's an unlikely combo. I know, I know. Uh, Long-time listeners are going to know that uh, back in December of 2015, I was in a stage play, and uh, during the uh, production run, we were all in the dressing room, and one of the conversations, that phrase popped up, and I said, hey, that's going to be a great band name. And so now here we are using that band name. <laughs> oh, welcome back, everybody. How are you? It's nice to have you here. This episode, body language. Uh, it's a pretty important topic, not just for trans folks, not just for trans people, but for everybody in general. We also have another famous woman sharing the best advice they've either given or received. This week we're on number 23. <laughs> Getting down to the line. There's only 25 total, two left after this. Of course, we're going to have a secondary topic, share a little bit about uh, some yard work that I was doing. And of course, we're going to have some listener feedback. And I just want to say, as always, welcome new listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I'm glad that this episode happens to be your first, that we popped your cherry, as they say. And I also want to say thank you to all the returning listeners and binge listeners and sporadic listeners and spot listeners. However you listen, if you've heard one before, you are a returning listener, and it's great to have you. Now, before we get to anything for this episode, we'll briefly cover last episode, number 77, coming out to new friends. Uh, (laughs) Overall, the show went by a lot faster than I had originally intended when I put the outline together. And, you know, that that happens. It's stream of consciousness. That's the way I do my show. I put an outline together, choose topics, choose some things I want to share, and then I hit record. Sometimes it's going to be long, sometimes it's going to be short, and I never really know until it's done. And since it was running short last week, I threw in a couple songs that I had no idea about when I was recording. So during the editing process, I threw in two songs. The first one was All Star by Smash Mouth. And most people have probably heard this from the movie Shrek. It was used in there a couple times. And it's used on a lot of different things, commercials and other movies and things. And it's, it's just a good song. It's got a nice beat. Uh, it's got a good message. So... I threw it in there. And then the second song was All the Small Things by Blink-182. Now, I first heard that song from the movie Clockstoppers, which was directed by Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek The Next Generation fame. And it, it's, I don't want to say it's a great movie, because it's, 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 a, it's a summer teeny bopper, have fun sort of movie. It's not anything you know, poignant or really emotional or extremely funny or anything like that. 
But it was a fun movie because it dealt with uh, time bending, not necessarily time travel, but time bending. And I, I got a soft spot in my heart for uh, anything that has to do with uh, time travel or time bending. So that's what uh, caught my attention to it. And then finding out that Jonathan Frakes directed it, that just almost sealed the deal. But what really sealed the deal is it also starred French Stewart, who most people might know from Third Rock from the Sun. And here's a funny bit of information. French Stewart and I actually went to the same school about four or five years apart and had a lot of the same teachers. And, and of course, you know, when I was going to school, Third Rock was on. So he, he was, I don't want to say a big topic point at school, but he came up in conversation probably, oh, twice a month or so, maybe three times a month. And so knowing those three separate things, you know, time-bending movie, Jonathan Frakes directed, and French Stewart was in it. I had to watch it, and I'll have to admit, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a fun, fanciful, mindless hour and a half. So if you haven't seen it and you're looking for a mindless hour and a half movie, go check it out. <laughs> go check it out. In fact, you can find all past episodes of my show at Changes in Latitudes Podcast at blogspot.com. We have an Amazon affiliate link there, so if you do your shopping through Amazon, I would highly appreciate it if you clicked our link first. And that'll take you right over to Amazon, and we get pennies on the dollar for everything that you purchase. No price increases for yourself. You wouldn't even notice the difference. You wouldn't even know that it's happening until I say here on the show, shop through our Amazon link, and thank you for shopping through our Amazon link. But if you don't want to do that, you can always give us a donation through PayPal. There's a PayPal donate button right there. There's a link for iTunes, a link for Stitcher. If you use either of those, please leave ratings and reviews, because that helps out the show tremendously. Join us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes Podcast. If you want to email me, Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com. And Twitter, follow me on Twitter at CIL Podcast. Now, about, oh, probably two and a half months now, I changed the Twitter handle to what it is at CIL Podcast, Changes in Latitudes Podcast. So if you were listening to something from, say, last year, an episode of mine from last year, and you heard my old Twitter handle, don't freak out. You heard it correctly. I just recently changed it. And if you've been following me on Twitter, you're not even going to know I changed the name until you take an actual long, hard look at it. And while you're out there cruising around the internet, stop by our Patreon page, patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. Take a look at what I have over there and consider becoming a patron of the show. This show is brought to us by patron Addison S. Addison is a previous guest from episode 40 and 41, and I'm looking to get Addison back on the show, so I'm working on that. Keep an eye out in the future, probably a couple months down the road. But this episode is brought to us by the lovely Addison. Addison, thank you so much for all that you do for the show, for your friendship to me, and just what you do for our community. Thank you so very much. And I think we just got finished with the housekeeping, so let's move into the main topic. Main topic. This week we're going to talk about body language. And some people may not even think twice about body language because some people aren't even aware of body language and how their body gives away what they're thinking, feeling, emoting, sensing, all of that. Body language is a big thing. 
And there's an article by a future guest of ours, Christine Newman. I've mentioned her in listener feedback in the past few episodes. Recently, I sat down and recorded her through Skype. We're in the uh, in the editing, reviewing, and approval process. So keep an ear out for her episodes coming up in the future. She'll be a guest here. And she, funnily enough, wrote an article called Body Language from a Trans Perspective. And in my research of her before I interviewed her, I discovered this article. I said, how perfect timing. I'm going to use that on this episode that I'm getting ready to work on, body language. So I'm going to read it, and you'll find a link to this article in the show notes over on Blogspot for this episode. And as I said, the title of the article is Body Language from a Trans Perspective. It was first posted on June 18th, 2015 on the livingtorontojournal.com website. And it starts out, stop what you're doing. And take a quick look at the positioning of your body. Is your body language appropriate for your gender presentation? That's what I have to do regularly as a transgender woman. And this is what transgender people experience many times a day. Many of us who come under the umbrella term of transgender contemplate on a daily basis how we present ourselves to the world around us. This means always thinking about our body language, gestures, and posture. We are aware that every move we make speaks about who we are and how the world will interact with us. From my own personal experience as a trans woman, just into my second year of transition, I'm constantly thinking about my body language. For someone like me, communicating with female body language comes naturally to me. But for the first 50 years of my life, I had to learn and practice the body language of the gender role that was assigned to me at birth, that of a male. I had to learn how to stand, sit, and gesture when speaking, how to carry things, what kind of facial expressions I made, and much more. When I slipped up, I would stop acting the role of a male and fall back into what was natural for me, presenting as a female. For transgender people, this situation is very common while transitioning. You are basically unlearning everything you had to do to survive in your environment on a daily basis and reacquainting yourself with everything that feels natural to you. A significant part of this involves body language. Consider the difference in how women and men sit in a chair. The difference in how you carry things, heavy or light. Your your gestures as you speak, expansive or confined. If you are sitting on public transit, where you typically sit and how you sit. We've all seen the articles in recent months about man-spreading. If you are transitioning to male, it's something you have to learn because if you sit with your knees and ankles together, you're going to get looks. We are typically judged by cisgender standards, so one feels the need to fit in to get along. As I've become comfortable at last in my own skin, people have remarked frequently to me that they have seen a drastic change in my gender demeanor. Previously, I had learned to give you the terse head nod and bone-crushing handshake. Now you'll get a big smile and I will offer you my hand to shake, but lightly. I didn't have to learn to do that. It came naturally but I had to unlearn the grunt and handshake routine. Next time you're sitting in a coffee shop, take a moment and observe the people around you. Look at facial expressions, gestures, body language, and voice volume as people engage in conversation. What do you notice? What I've realized about myself is that I have to make much more direct eye contact when in conversation. I speak at a lower volume, I smile frequently, and find it much easier to focus now. Recently, when I attended the Inspire Awards 5th Anniversary Gala, I was keenly aware of my own body language. When I had attended the gala the previous year, I had been a petrified wallflower, since it was my first major public event since beginning transition. 
This year, I was on the board of directors, one of the hosts during the reception prior to the formal portion of the evening, and on stage twice to present awards in front of a large audience. There were people there who had not seen me since the previous year, and I had thoroughly enjoyed watching their reactions. They heard my voice and were looking for me, but until I stood in one of my typical ways or waved, they had not recognized me. I'd also noticed how a friend I had brought to the event had an experience similar to the one I had the previous year. This was their first foray into a large public event, and they started out glued to the wall. But as they began to feel more comfortable and at home, they moved away from the wall and interacted with many people nearby. I was not a petrified wallflower this year. People remarked that I was easy to find, besides the white hair, that is. They just had to look for a big smile, and there I was. Friends remarked what a huge change they had seen in one year, especially when I had to be on stage to present awards. I love that I shocked people but that I was also a strong feminine presence. When I looked at pictures from the evening, the first thought I had was about my body language. I need not have worried, though, since now that I am comfortable in my own skin, everything that I have previously suppressed has now become natural again, and it shows. Body language is an important part of how we communicate with each other every day. It can announce that you are approachable, warm, and friendly, or that people should keep their distance. I would love to see the day when all members of our transgender family can walk proudly with their heads held high and not what I see many times, with downcast eyes and a timid demeanor. Recently, I was giving a talk to some transgender teens, a group that often finds it difficult to come to terms with their identity. I encouraged them to be proud of who they are and that their life experiences had given them something that others will never know the experience of life from multiple places on the gender spectrum. I'm glad I've had the experience of seeing life from both ends of the gender spectrum. For me, this is a gift rather than a liability. And finally, my body language suits me in the most comfortable way. Christine Newman. As I said, she's going to be a guest on a couple future episodes, so keep an eye on the feed for when her episodes drop. Now, surprisingly, her article said basically everything in my little outline that I wanted to cover today. Body language is very important when it comes to, well, blending in or standing out. You can say so much with your body language. You can say, hey, please come give me a hug. I'm warm and welcoming and here we are. Or you can say, stand the fuck away. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I myself have used in previous episodes uh, the, the, the common stereotype of a uh, quote-unquote butch lesbian or a masculine lesbian. And remember, I'm not, I'm not trying to pigeonhole anybody. I'm not trying to label anybody. But when I say those labels, you as the listener know exactly what I'm talking about. And I remember the first time I crossed paths with a, uh, you know, we'll just say butch lesbian, masculine woman. And I was working in a coffee shop. And one of the regulars was this, well, stereotype of a butch lesbian. And at first, I wasn't sure how to interact with her. Because her presentation and expression wasn't something I was used to. I mean, it was very boyish, very mannish, very masculine looking, but still dressing kind of like a f- very feminine, uh, not dresses or skirts or anything, but, you know, jeans, you know, feminine jeans, not guy jeans, that loose baggy guy jeans look, but feminine jeans, and then some sort of uh, button down shirt or polo shirt or uh, something like that. 
And her body language was very masculine. Uh, I mean, more so than feminine. And therefore stood out. Well, at least to me, stood out in the crowd. But in a unique way, uh, which in turn drew attention to her because she wasn't the norm. She wasn't what was expected. And in time, I got a chance to talk to her, you know, because the regular in coffee shops, that's what happens. And nicest person I could have ever met. Uh, I I often wonder what had happened to her because, you know, my life moved on, her life moved on, and, and that's that. But you have to think about how your body language outs you almost. You have to think of what your giving out there. And, and I know there are some listeners out there that probably just don't give a fuck about anything in this regard. And that's cool. I'm proud of you for having the confidence to say, fuck you, world. I'm going to live my own life. However, in that same breath, in that same concept of thought, if you're going to go for, say, oh, a job interview or maybe a wedding or a funeral or some other event like that, you're probably going to think twice about how you're presenting that day out of respect to whatever it is. If you want the job, you're going to dress as best as you can to present yourself in the best possible way. Same is true for a wedding. Same is true for a funeral. And yeah, there's bendable rules within the wedding and the funeral aspect, you know, depending upon why you're there and who you're there for. And if they're the type of person that just doesn't give a fuck about how people look, then you're going to be however you're going to want to be to look. But you always have to realize whatever you're wearing, however you're standing, whatever you're doing with your body is going to draw attention or not draw attention. And a lot of people I've noticed aren't even aware of, of their own body language. And the best way to become aware of it, aside from starting to think about it, you know, after listening to something like this or reading Christine's article is to observe the world around you. As Christine pointed out in her article, next time you're in a coffee shop, look around at the people there and see how their body language is. What does their body language tell you? Are they a studious person that is very into their laptop and studying hard or writing whatever they need to write or what have you? Are they there casually lounging and reading a book? You know, sipping on their drink and maybe have their earbuds in listening to, say, oh, I don't know, a podcast called Changes in Latitudes Podcast, (laughs) a transgender experience, or music or whatever it is. Body language can say so much. And you have to really think about how, let's just do the first obvious thing that a lot of people probably struggle with. And when I say a lot of people, I mean trans women. The thought process and the way a man walks versus a woman walks. Same shoes, tennis shoes. Let's just level the playing field. Everybody's wearing tennis shoes. The way a woman walks in tennis shoes, it's going to be a little bit different than the way a guy walks in tennis shoes. And this is all rule of thumb because, yes, there are some guys that walk like women and there are some women that walk like men. You know what I'm talking about. But guess what? They stand out because they're not doing what is, quote-unquote, the norm. So, yes, they're drawing attention to themselves. Whether they care about it or not, they still get that attention. 
And if you happen to be in certain locations or situations and you, you know, let's just say you happen to be a trans woman and you happen to be walking like a guy, there's a chance that that walk could out you. And if you're in a uh, poor part of town where you really want to blend in and not draw attention to yourself, that could be you know, save you from a life-threatening situation. And the same is true for trans men. If a trans man is walking down the street like a girl would, like a woman would, that's going to draw unnecessary attention. And the same thing is true. May cause unwanted, you know, physical attention, we'll say. And that's my point. Realize how your body can, well, give you away or blend in. I mean, years and years and years ago... When the goal for all trans people, trans women, trans men, was stealth. Everybody, their goal was stealth. They needed to totally emerge themselves and submerge themselves into their preferred gender role, whatever that may be, whether you're a trans man or trans woman. You wanted to blend in and not be called out or, you know, you wanted to be able to pass is another term for it. And if you didn't, you're, you're pulling unnecessary attention, and that could, be, that could be a life or death situation that you're trying to avoid, all because of body language. So just as Christine said, I highly suggest watching people. And the best thing is to watch what your target gender, your preferred gender, your goal gender is. Watch, watch women. If, you, if you're a trans woman, watch women. And you could do this on television. You could do this in life at a coffee shop or a restaurant or something. Whatever your world is, watch others. Because those people aren't really thinking about their body language, usually. Usually they're just existing. And you can learn a lot. If somebody's walking along kind of slow, dragging their heels, head down, you're going to say, wow, that person looks kind of sad or lethargic or tired or something along that. And on the other side of the coin, if they're walking along, you know, happy-go-lucky, bouncing to, to a beat that only they can hear, maybe a smile's on their face, their head is, is held high, watching where they're going, you're going to say something like, wow, that person's confident, that person's happy, that person looks like they know what they're doing, know where they're going, whatever it is. And that's just body language. That's just body language. How you hold your hands. You to your side, crossed in front of you, uh, clutching a purse, in your pockets, or behind your back. I mean, there's so many different ways to hold your hands. That says a lot as well. So, as you're out in the world, observe others and pay attention to your own body language. Practice at home in front of a mirror if, if you have to. I mean, strangely enough... Long-time listeners know that my background in history and education is in the theatrical dramatic arts, and there was classes that I took where part of the focus was on, not in so many words, but body language. You have to think of where your energy is leading from. If, if, you're, in, if you're thinking about something really hard, your energy is coming off your head. If you're, you know, happy and proud and, you know, maybe in love or something like that, your energy's coming from your chest. If, if you've got an upset stomach or you, you're hungry or maybe you ate too much or something, 
Your body language, your energy for your body language, the source of the power for that particular moment in time is coming from your stomach. If you're somebody that works with your hands, like uh, an artist or a locksmith person or somebody that creates things, like a model maker works on something very small and intricate, uh, whether it's a seamstress or something like that, somebody who uses their fingers and hands a lot, chances are the energy is going to come from your hands and fingers because that's where your focus is most of the time. So stop and observe the world around you. Take a look at how other people are, are using their body language to accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish, whatever it may be. And then mimic that and mirror that and emulate that to help you reach whatever goal you're trying to reach for. And as a side note about walking, ladies... And this goes for trans or not, trans, cis, whatever, <laughs> however you want to label yourself. Ladies who wear heels, well, even guys who choose to wear heels, because that happens, you know. Because let's face it, there are some drag queens who are men, and they identify as men, but their hobby or their profession is being a drag queen. Learn how to walk in heels. <laughs> if you've never worn heels practice start start low start with low heels two or three inches and then build your way up to whatever's comfortable for you five or six because six is just far too high for the average person you're going to end up with back problems and calf problems and ankle problems and things like that so my suggestion four or five stay in that realm right in there that'll be a good safe realm for uh, a rule of thumb let's say but if you if you've never walked in heels practice wear them around the house Standing up, sitting down, walking, and moving around in them. Learn how to shift your weight. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos out there that uh, I came across uh, when I first started uh, researching and learning more about uh, being transgender. But this is all before I came out. And I, I actually, strangely enough, never had too many issues wearing heels. Uh, in fact, I remember there's, I've talked about this in the past. I remember when I first put on a pair of heels, probably two or three inches, and I fell in love with them. Had no issues walking in them. I mean, the, the typical issue, because, you know, the heel is balanced in the center of your heel, so it's different than, say, a uh, man's dress shoe or even a tennis shoe. So you have to learn how to balance yourself on that heel. But that, that just took a few bits of time around the house walking around. And that's what I did. I walked around the house getting comfortable walking in heels. And then as time moved on, I got larger heels and continued to walk around in them in the house and get comfortable in them and get comfortable walking in them. And that made all the difference in the world because then finally when I was out in the world, I didn't have to really stop and think about walking in them. I could pay attention to the world around me, whether it was the people or the environment because I happened to be walking down the street or whatever it was. I didn't have to think about walking because I'd already practiced it. I've already felt comfortable and confident in my walking in heels. So that's one bit of advice I have to say to anybody that's wanting to wear heels. Usually it's going to fall into the female spectrum of the gender realm, but there are guys that wear heels as well. I've seen it. I mean, when I say guys, I mean male-identified guys. So just take that into consideration because one of the first things that's going to give somebody away or call attention to them is the fact that they cannot walk in heels. So take that into consideration 
as you go along your life and figure out the best body language for you. And now a word from our sponsor. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Uh, Tom Slayton, TomSlayton.com. Folks, go show Tom some love by visiting TomSlayton.com. I've mentioned it every time on the show. He's a sweetheart of a guy. He's really helping out the show here. So pay it forward, I guess is another way to say it. This week, I'm talking about a picture that's that you can find at TomSlayton.com forward slash faded liquor store sign. And that's exactly what it is. It's a faded liquor store sign. And it, it's, he seems to have found a number of these old abandoned places that have so much character to them. And this, this sign is uh, not, not even a big sign. It's probably maybe 8, 10 feet tall, maybe a little more. And all it says is liquor store on it, but it's rusted out. The poles are look like they're uh, either metal or wood, but they're they're just really run down. And and it looks like he's processed the photo a little bit to give it a little more charm, we'll say. And it, I I can't tell if at one point there was actual neon on this particular sign, or if this sign has a, just a bunch of bullet holes because there's holes throughout this sign, and it looks like it, it could have been left over from neon, you know, and the neon was taken away. But there's definitely a few that are bullet holes just by the way that they're, you know, pointed out. So it looks like somebody somewhere decided to have a little bit of fun and shoot at it. But the character and charm of this, I, I mean, it looks like it's something probably from the 80s, maybe the 90s. It's in the woods, or at least there's a wooded area behind the sign. So I don't know how far off the road this is. It can't be that far because you'd miss it. What's the point of having the sign in the middle of the woods, especially for a liquor store? And what I really like most about it is the framing of it. It's It's got this charm and energy behind it. And for me, the next thing I want to know is the story behind this sign. So, folks, as I said, go show Tom some love and visit TomSlayton.com forward slash Faded Liquor Store Sign. Twenty-five famous women share the best advice they've either given or received. This week, we're on number twenty-three. It just seems like the other day I was in the middle of the teens on this, like 17 or something. Now, here we are at 23, two left. It's crazy. It's crazy. This week, we have Cheetah Rivera. Now, if you don't know that name, then you've got to educate yourself because this woman is a trendsetter. She has laid the path for so many, many women She's a big star on Broadway, but she's also done a number of movies as well. Everybody knows of Internet Movie Database. Well, there is an Internet Broadway Database. So, IBDB. And you can search it. Just Google it. You'll find it. IBDB.com. And you can find her because she's a huge Broadway star. I mean, she's been working on Broadway since 
the early 50s. I mean, she was she was born in 33. So she'd been working since her late teens, early 20s, and hasn't stopped yet. She is amazing and dynamic. Uh, she originated the role of Velma Kelly in Chicago, the Broadway musical in the late 70s. And because she originated that role when they made the movie version in 2002, obviously she was too old to play Velma Kelly at that point, but they asked her to be in the show, in the movie, and there's one scene between Catherine Zeta-Jones, who played Velma Kelly in the movie, and Cheetah Rivera, who played Velma Kelly on Broadway, and if I remember correctly, it's been a number of years since I've seen the movie, uh, Cheetah Rivera is sitting at a table smoking a cigarette, and there's just a quick bit of dialogue, like two, three, four, five lines between Catherine Zeta-Jones and Cheetah Rivera. And it was a beautiful nod and homage and just a wonderful thing to have her in the movie, especially since she originated the role on Broadway. And she's done a lot of other things on Broadway as well. I mean... Kiss of the Spider Woman, which was big in the 90s, early to mid-90s, she was the Spider Woman. She was also in the original Bye Bye Birdie. And her very first thing, she wasn't a named role, so you, you won't be able to find her, but she was a dancer in the original Guys and Dolls from 1950 to 1953. So if you don't know who Cheetah Rivera is, take a moment, Google her, find out who she is, who she, what she's done. Because she is one of those amazing stars out there. And her quote, Take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way with grace and humility. Be a sponge and absorb and learn. Now, that's a pretty straightforward quote. I mean, use every opportunity to its fullest. And learn from it is basically the easiest way to break that down. You know, I'll read it again. Take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way with grace and humility. And that's a big thing right there. Grace and humility. Take everything as a learning opportunity, but be nice about it. Be humble about it. Don't be a jerk. Don't be an asshole about it. Uh, And then she continues, be a sponge and absorb and learn I mean, I remember my father, when I was a kid, my father used to say to me frequently, you know, a fish that doesn't open its mouth won't get caught. So keep your trap shut and learn is another way to say that. Learn and listen. Listen and learn. There is so much out there in the world that if we just stopped and watched or stopped and listened we would be so much better off, we as individuals, because we'll be more in tune with the world around us rather than absorbed into whatever's important to us at that moment in time. All right, that was number 23. Oh, 23 down, two left to go. Now, remember, I'm always looking for something to take this spot in the show. I'm always looking for a list or a countdown or something to share at this point in the show. So if you've got an idea or you come across an idea or some article or some something you see on Facebook, send it to me, Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com or go to the Facebook page, Changes in Latitudes Podcast. Yeah, you'll find it there on Facebook. And message me or post it to the Facebook page. I'll find it and I'll use it.
secondary topic. Now, in the past few episodes, I've mentioned that I'm looking for another name or another title for this section of the show. And I've received a fair small number, I think five or six right now, maybe a couple more. And as soon as I get a healthy number, like maybe eight or ten or something, I'm going to throw it out to you all, uh, both here on the podcast and on the Facebook page and probably even the Twitter page, and let you guys, uh, for all intent and purposes, vote or voice your opinion of what you think should be the best title. Ultimately, I'm going to decide, but I want to hear what you have to say. So if you've got ideas, send them my way. All right, this week's secondary topic is about yard work. Um, I've mentioned on and off in the past about yard work and how, I, how it makes me feel very masculine, and it's probably because I'm using muscles and grunting and sweating and all that stuff. And, you know, I used to do a lot of it as a kid with my dad, and I've done a lot of it over the years. So, you know, it just makes sense that it makes me feel masculine. But, oh, my God, we have this plant that is a runaway plant it uh it it was here when we moved in and it was overgrown i mean way overgrown like 15 feet or more taller in some spots and it had never been groomed never been trimmed uh it never been pruned It, it, it just was a runaway and it started in the back right corner of the yard and spread three quarters of the way to the left along the back wall. And when I say spread, I don't mean like ivy and it spread along the wall. No, the root system spread underground from the right to the left about three quarters of the way. Now, a bulk of the growth was on the right-hand side and it tapered off as it moved to the left, but there was still a root system there. It was still, you know, coming up out of the ground in, in about four, five, six different spots. And so... It was an undertaking. The first thing was cutting it back, cutting it down, taking care of the big pieces, taking care of the small pieces, pulling out things where I can, and cutting back things when that's all I could do. Once that was done, I went through and using a heavy-duty drill and drill bit, drilled, I think it was an inch or an inch and a half hole in multiple spots on this trunk. I mean, I I dug out the trunk to expose it to be able to reach it easier, okay? And drilled, like I said, I think it was an inch or inch and a half hole, uh, pretty deep, you know, however deep it could go, whether it went all the way through the root or, you know, deep into the the core of the trunk of the uh, part of the the plant. And so there was probably close to 20 of these holes, and in my research through, you know, looking online and talking to, to people at Home Depot, because that's the closest location, we do have thing, other places out here like Lowe's and what is another one? Dixie Line is another uh, business out here. But the closest one that's just easiest to go to is Home Depot. So, you know, that's where I went. And in talking to the people there and in doing some internet research, I discovered something called Stump Out. And it's, it, it sounds great. It's a powder that you sprinkle into these holes that I just mentioned, and you let it sit there. You, you wet it down, you water it. Not, not overly water it, but you get it moist so it can start activating. It's a crystal that you know, reacts with water. And what it's supposed to do is dry out this root system, this trunk, this stump. It's supposed to dry it out. And ideally, if you can, not in all areas, obviously, but if you can, once it's dried out enough, I think three to six months or something like that, you're essentially supposed to start a fire or put some coals into the, these holes. You know, put some 
diesel gasoline or some other propellant in there and burn out the stump. I mean, it sounds like it's great stuff. And so when I first heard about it, read about it, said, yeah, this will be great for this thing. And I was wrong because I did it. And I didn't, this is too overborn, overgrown underground root system that I wasn't going to try to to burn it out. I, I made up my mind on that first time I read about it. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to burn it out. But if it dries out enough, I'll just chop it up. I'll just cut it out. And it didn't, didn't do very well at all. It, uh, it kind of died, it kind of dried out, but then didn't. And in the, at first I thought I didn't add enough of this stump out material. So I added more. Still didn't dry it out, which boggled my mind. I thought it would, but it didn't. So then, now I know, I know you shouldn't do this. I know, I know, but I was desperate, and it was the easiest thing available here at the house. I, back, back to all those holes again, I poured bleach into them. Probably, I don't know, no more than a quarter cup in the tiny, tiny areas, you know, the tiny holes, the smaller holes, and in the larger, deeper holes, probably no more than half a cup or maybe a little bit more. And uh, I did that and let it sit, didn't dilute it, let it sit, figuring, all right, with these stump out stuff and this bleach, it should kill the roots, should absolutely kill this root system, and I should be able to take this out, shouldn't be a problem at all. And wrong, didn't work either. Did not work either. So then I, I just threw up my hands. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I went back to Home Depot. They kept telling me use stump out. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't want to argue with them saying I already used it twice. I just said, oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't get that right now. I'll pick it up next time. Or, you know, if I'm on the phone, which happened a couple times, oh, okay, I'll be in and pick it up. And so uh, it sat there. And I just was pondering, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And finally, I decided to use, because we also have some other weeds around the, the, the yard. I said, okay, I'm going to use some heavy-duty uh, Roundup, you know, the number one brand name that's out there. I, I think I went with uh, a different brand when I actually bought it. But I said, all right, I'm going to get the heavy-duty weed killer, plant killer, and see what happens. i going to see what happens. Now, that was about a month ago, and in the first week, all the weeds that I sprayed it on, because it's a weed killer, they died away. They died right away. Some of the uh, leafy bits that were still left of this plant that I'm trying to get away, or take away, get out of here, they started to fade and dry up, and I said, oh, that's a good sign. So a week later, I went back, and I touched up on these spots again, and sprayed into those holes again well now that uh, about three weeks has passed it's been a month since i first did the the first time the first application it is really starting to dwindle and start to you know look like it's starting to die so i am thinking i finally got a handle on this thank the gods because this is driving me nuts so much work to take to to get rid of it and take care of it and do that so i'm i'm hoping that this finally does the damn thing but i've also decided that uh, according to the label of this stuff that i got uh to you're able to repeat the process at the three month mark so i'm going to repeat the process at the three month mark uh probably not use a sprayer probably just kind of pour it into the uh into the holes like i said and probably pour it on to whatever root systems are still 
showing because some are under dirt, like I said before. And just to make sure I kill this. Now, we're not growing anything in the yard, so I don't mind if the soil gets uh, uh, sterile. I mean, that's fine because, you know, wait a couple seasons, get some manure, get some potting soil and such and, and fertilizer and, you know, the root, the, the, the dirt's, you know, live and full and uh, vibrant again. So I'm not worried about it. My, my primary concern is to get this damn root system out of the fucking yard. So I'll, ca- I'll catch you up later on in a future episode and let you know how this damn thing is going. All right, secondary topic of the secondary topic. Uh, this week I'm going to share a song. Now I know I shared two songs last week, but remember those songs were spur of the moment. I noticed the show was running short, so I said, hey, let's play some songs. I didn't know what songs I was going to play until post-production. This song, this week, I've planned for probably about four or six weeks now because I think it goes really hand-in-hand with body language. Now, the song is from the 1962 movie In Search of the Castaways. It's a Disney song. And it was written by the Sherman Brothers. Now, if you don't know who the Sherman Brothers are, do yourself a favor. Go to your nearest Google and ask, you know, Sherman Brothers Disney music, and you'll learn a lot. Because I guarantee, guarantee, they wrote at least, at least, at least half of your favorite Disney songs. I mean, they wrote songs for Mary Poppins, Jungle Book, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, uh, songs for the for the parks like... It's a Small World, and the Tiki Room, and just a lot of different things. Uh, it's so, so many that I can't keep them straight. And the name of this song is Enjoy It. Like I said, it's from the 1962 movie, the In Search of the Castaways. And I, I chose this song because, well, I first heard this song in the early 90s, probably 92, 93, maybe even 94, when I bought my first box set of of because uh, this is when CDs were really brand new. Still, they 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 were just catching on. You know, artists were now making sure that they produced albums in cassette and LP and CD. Maybe not LP as much anymore, but they were still doing it. So CDs were just now starting to take off. So a lot of places were offering collectors box sets, and one of the first ones that I picked up was a Disney one, of course. And it was called The Music of Disney, A Legacy in Song. And it was a three-disc set, and I think each disc had about 20, maybe 30 songs, somewhere in there. And I looked it up earlier. The songs ranged from 1928 to 1991. So I think the, you know, Aladdin was probably the more recent one on there. And it just reminded me so much of all the songs I had heard throughout my childhood at that point. I mean, because it starts off with, like, Steamboat Willie and goes all the way to, well, the last disc ends with a lot of the songs from the park, so it's hard to say. But, you know, the most recent song was 91. I really don't know the movie In Search of the Castaways because it's a little before my time. And in my youth growing up, the reruns weren't as popular as they are now. Uh, There was no such thing as cable, uh, no such thing as the Disney Channel. So, you know, it's not like they were looking for filler on the Disney Channel. Oh, we'll throw in one of our older movies. You know, y- you couldn't buy stuff on VHS to watch. And even when VHS came out, they didn't transfer everything to VHS. So it's not like you could find it easily. So I've never had the opportunity to see it. But when I heard the song, I recognized the voices singing it before I even confirmed it on the uh, l- line notes that came with the box set. Maurice Chevalier and Haley Mills. And those names, if they don't ring a bell, I can't blame you. I can't blame you at all. 
But do yourself another favor and check him out on Google. Uh, Maurice Chevalier was a trendsetter. He did a ton of movies, ton of stage work, uh, just a dynamic, uh, well, let's just say gigolo for his time. He was, he was a ladies' man. He was one of the number one you know, male singers out there. And he was French, so he was popular there and here. I mean, he was just a big name. So if you don't know him, go, go Google him and find out. Haley Mills, uh, Parent Trap is probably where you're most familiar with her. Uh, she was the girl, or the girls, I should say, in the original Parent Trap by Disney. So I recognized their voices right away when I heard this, confirmed it on the line notes, and just by the melody and the tempo and the feeling behind the song, I fell in love with it. And it's basically telling us that life is just too short and that we have to, well, enjoy it. Why cry about bad weather? Enjoy it. Each moment is a treasure, enjoy it. We are travelers on life's highway, enjoy the trip. Each lovely twist and byway, each bump and dip. If there's a complication, enjoy it. You've got imagination, employ it. Then you'll see roses in the snow. Joie de vivre will make them grow. Voila, that's life. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. A hurricane comes your way. Enjoy the breeze. You're stranded in the jungle. Enjoy the trees. If there's a complication, enjoy it. You've got imagination, employ it. This world's a con utopia. Why, it could be utopia? Voila, that's right. Enjoy it. Cry, cry about bad weather. Enjoy it. No, 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 no. Enjoy it. Each moment is a treasure. Enjoy it. What's better? Enjoy. We're travelers on life's highway. Enjoy the trip. <laughs> each lovely twist and byway. Each bump and dip. Good. If, if there's, there's a complication. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. You've, You've got, got imagination. Employ it. Employ it. Then use the roses in the snow. For listener feedback, everybody knows that music by now. That's listener feedback music. Now, this week's listener feedback is a huge thank you to Christine Newman. I read her article in the first part of this episode uh, during Body Language. Uh, A huge thank you to her because, well, use of the article, of course, but also, as I said, she's going to be a guest on the show real soon. And and the conversation I recently recorded, and I'm just so thrilled to have have her spend her time that she shared and her stories that she shared with us, with me. 
And so I'm sending out a, an official huge thank you, Christine, for the article, for the conversation, for your being you and doing what you do and listening to the show, being a fan of the show. Thank you so, so very much. I really do appreciate it. Long-time listeners, binge listeners, might guess what that music is, because I don't use it too often. This is a section of the show that I use very sparingly, mostly because I don't want to have to pigeonhole myself into talking about current events, because, well, that's hard to do on a podcast in, in the process of recording and writing it and, re, and editing it and, and all that stuff, putting it together. It's... It's just me, so it's it's a challenge to maybe to stay on you know topical topical things, and so even this information is going to be slightly old by the time you folks hear it, but it's still fairly new, so you may not have heard of it yet, and that is the second Wachowski brother is coming has come out as transgender, so both Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters. It's it's remarkable to me. And I've heard stories, I haven't read any articles, but I've heard stories about uh, siblings that are both transgender, where both of them end up being transgender, whether it's, you know, both are trans women, one's trans man, one's trans woman, or both trans men, etc., etc., etc. So it was announced on the 8th of March, and I just think that is so wonderful that... One, the person can find their true self and the balance to their life, as, as I've mentioned on so many episodes in the past. That, that is the number one thing. I'm so happy. Second, I'm so happy because they're going to be vocal about it. Maybe not share their transition timeline sort of thing, but I don't think they're going to shy away from certain interviews or topics or conversations. I think they're going to be upfront about it and just say, yeah, this is what life is for us. And it's so wonderful to know that these two, I think, very good filmmakers have reached that within themselves. It's just marvelous. So if you haven't heard anything, check out the show notes. There's a link to the article from March 8th about the second Wachowski brother coming out as a trans woman. Ah, there it is. There's the closing music. We made it. We made it, folks. We made it to the end. We've made it to our destination. Be sure the stewardesses return to their full and upright position. Lock your tray tables. Turn off your mobile devices. No, not yet. The show's not over. (laughs) Oh, and get ready to land. I thank you so much, folks, for sticking around to the end. You know I love it. You know I love it when you do. And it's not because, you know, you're listening to the full episode. It's because... I share new things every episode. I mean, yes, there's the traditional closer, the disclaimer that I have at the end. Of course, I'm not going to re-record that every episode. I'm not, you know, that's how the process of editing goes. But this closing, the last tidbit button of the show is always new. So 
Thank you so much for being here through the end. New listeners, you popped your cherry. You're now a returning listener. I hope you come back for more. Return listeners, hey, we did it again. End of episode 78. Wow. It still boggles my mind. Because I remember hitting 50. And now here I am 28 episodes later. And it doesn't even seem like, you know, five. It just, you know, where did it go? Well, (laughs) check the back catalog. You'll know where it went. Next episode. Next episode, I'm going to title Fears Revisited. We're going to revisit episode 27, the fears I listed last year. See how this year is compared to it. I'm always looking for topics. I'm always looking for guests. Send them my way. Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And check out the Patreon page. Or shop through Amazon through our link over at Blogspot. Or just give us a donation and buy lunch or buy me a drink. Whatever justification it is in your head. Go for it. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, If I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, (laughs) we would go insane. (laughs) Stay crazy, everybody. Take care of yourself. Take care of someone else. And I'll see you next week. listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2016 by me, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. That's the end. Thanks for listening. And remember...